Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Week 13 edition of the Fantasy Football Feeding Frenzy. After a couple of weeks off, I am your host, Gary Davenport, joined by David Olivares, who I hope has some fantasy playoff teams to be thankful for this year. Oh, apparently we might have... You there, David? I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? There you go. Yes. All right. All right. Sorry, I got a little got a little technical difficulty. I hope my mic's okay this week. It happens. You sound fine. Got some playoff teams this year, sir? I got a few of them, yeah. You know, especially the ones that count. You know, the, you always got those leagues that you care about the most, the ones that you've had for so many years with your buddies from school or something like that. So um, I got a couple that are locked, and I got one where it's uh, – I control my own destiny this week. So um, it's one of those ones where my team is so good looking, but they haven't played so well. Thank you, Kareem Hunt. I appreciate that. Jordy Nelson, um, thanks for nothing so far lately. You're on my bench now. But enough about my team. Let's get into week 13. Absolutely. I, Like you said, I made the playoffs, I think, in most of the leagues where I really wanted to. Made it in the Sirius XM Dynasty again. I've made the playoffs every year in that league. Not that I expect the team to do a whole lot. They're seven and five. It's only a twelve week regular season. Made it in death match, seven and five. Don't know how that team's gonna do a whole a lot of a lot of seven and six, eight and five type years for me this year. Yeah. So like you like you said, and I've got a, we all have teams, you know, you look at it, you look at the total points and then it seems like every week you're running into the number one scorer that week or such is fantasy football. What are you gonna do? We've got some Injury news pass along. Looks like we have a couple returning players. Devonta Freeman running back for the Atlanta Falcons, practicing in full ahead of their matchup this week with the Minnesota Vikings. Sounds like Jameis Winston will be back. Um, let me get your take on the Tampa Bay running back situation. Doug Martin did not practice today in the NFL's concussion protocol. I know we saw Peyton Barber score two short yardage touchdowns this past weekend. If you had to choose between Barber or Jaquiz Rogers, who you got? Well, you know, I'm glad you said had to choose because, I mean, if, <laughs> if I could choose, I'm not touching any of it. But, you know, if you look at um, how it kind of worked out last week, I, I guess give me give me Jaquiz Rogers, you know, just, just based on snap percentage. Peyton Barber, kind of, kind of a bit of a lucky game, you know, 10 snaps and two touchdowns. You can't really do that too much. I haven't seen that since um, 
oh gosh, who was the guy in Atlanta a couple of years ago where every time he touched the ball, he scored a touchdown. I can't, I forget his name. Oh, the league now. was it uh, Anton Smith or am I going back to you? Free, An- Free Anton Smith. That's right. Free Anton Smith. That was nuts how he was doing that. But, you know, that kind of production, you can't count on that. And, and I'm not saying you should count on any uh, Tampa Bay running back this week, but some of you might have to, you know. So some of these deeper leagues, injuries, you never know what you got going on. So if I had to pick, I'm going with your quiz. He got the better workload. Yeah, it's not a bad matchup. I think the Packers are top ten in fantasy points allowed to running backs. And I looked back right. at Rogers' numbers today when Martin was on suspension to begin the season. He went like 16 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown in week one. And then he turned around in week three against, I believe it was the New York Giants, and had 108 total yards on 17 or 18 touches. So, I mean, at this point in the season, if you're considering a guy like Rodgers at the running back position, it's because you don't have any choice. You're chewed up by injuries or whatever. (laughs) So, any port in a storm, I guess. I mean, it could be worse. You could have an Oakland wide receiver because Derek Carr's got nobody this week. Amari Cooper did not practice on Wednesday in the NFL's concussion protocol after taking a nasty hit from Darian Stewart this past weekend, and Michael Crabtree will spend Sunday sitting in the principal's office thinking about what he's done because he does not play well with others. Do you think that suspension was fair two games down to one for Tlaib and Crabtree? Um, yeah, I kind of do. I kind of feel like they might be kind of getting sick of it in the NFL with the fighting and all this nonsense. I mean, it's I, I know it's not, you know – it's not their job really, but it kind of is. You, you have kids watching the game and you got these fools fighting and ripping chains off each other. It's stupid. It's, it's really dumb. And they need to send a message here. And they kind of did a little bit. They slapped them with the two. So they're serious. They came back, countered, ended up getting a, a one game suspension. Plus they both got ejected. So it's kind of like a two game suspension anyway. So I'm happy with the results and I hope they learn from it. They won't, but you can always hope, right? Yeah. And I think, I mean, yes, we saw A.J. Green not get suspended for the whole Jalen Ramsey situation, but I think this one kind of escalated a notch above. I mean, they were going at it. And it goes all the way back to last year with the stupid chain, which, one, you should not be wearing a gold chain on a football field. It's just (laughs) not intelligent. And, two, you shouldn't be snatching another man's chain off his neck. So they're both, I mean, obviously the two gentlemen do not care for, I do not think Christmas cards will be exchanged between the Tlaib and Crabtree households this year, but you're not helping your team, and especially in the case of Crabtree. I mean, I don't think the Broncos have much to worry about anymore this season. But the Raiders are, I mean, they're a game back of the Kansas City Chiefs right now and have a head-to-head win over Kansas City, so they're still right there in the AFC West. Now Crabtree's not going to be on the field for them this weekend, Granted, he didn't know Cooper was going to get hurt later in that game, but you don't know that he won't either. So it just shows, use your head, guys, especially for what you make to play a game. Use your head. Obviously, if you're hitting the waiver wire this week, things are not going according to play. If you're going into a must-win game looking on the waiver wire for a starter, then you got what I like to call problems. Uh, quarterback, I mean, I guess Case Keenum would be at the top of my list if he's still available in any leagues. Although I look, 
According to NFL.com and their waiver wire article and streaming quarterback stuff that comes out every week, Case Keenum is owned in 13% of NFL.com leagues. That just seems insane to me given the kind of numbers he's put up the past month. Yeah, I completely agree. And, uh, I mean, he's just been just been lights out. He even got a rushing touchdown in there, um, you know, a couple weeks ago. And so you look at, like, how he's playing. And I think there's a lot of people, when you look at the ownership percentage, um, that just go with the name, right? They don't know the name Case Keenum. And if they do know the name Case Keenum, they don't typically associate it with good quarterbacking. And so they're still trotting out whatever name they know, the Derek Carrs the world, and then starting him instead – when you got to look at the numbers, look at the production. When you can get someone like Keenum or Josh McCown who's playing good football um, and win games instead of just trot out whoever you drafted and hope for the best, play smart, right? Yeah, McCown's the other guy I was actually going to mention. Come out last week and put up, what, just over 300 yards against one of the best defenses in the NFL and the Carolina Panthers? I mean, McCown, yeah. you can't say enough about it. You've got Case Keenum playing at – I never thought I would hear myself say these words. Case Keenum's playing at an MVP caliber level right now for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> who need to just shut up about Teddy Bridgewater. It's not broke. Mike Zimmer, don't fix it. And you've got Josh McCown. The New York Jets, I know Todd Bowles isn't going to get much Coach of the Year love, but honestly he should get a couple of votes because for that team – to be four and seven, and I think six of their seven losses are by single digits. This is a team that people were talking about not winning a game before the season. And granted, they're four and seven, but they're going out, and they're, the Jets are not an easy out this year, and it would not surprise me one bit if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday because the Chiefs are, to say they're imploding does a disservice to the term implosion. Uh. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Chiefs, yeah. but I do like what I see out of the Jets. They're not winning the games, but they're putting up a darn good fight. They might win this week, as you mentioned, at the Chiefs. And I actually like them uh, coming up here at New Orleans um, on December 17th. That's going to be more of a ball game than people realize there. And these teams, you know, that have nothing else to play for but that individual game, that's their Super Bowl in a lot of cases. They're going to play their hearts out. So we're going to see some good football down the stretch, I think. Yeah, and the Jets being as competitive as they are in winning games is the most Jets thing ever because they're not in contention <laughs> for a playoff spot. So every time they go out and win a game, they're screwing up their own draft positions. <laughs> so they're not going to get the quarterback that they need. And if I hear one more writer in the New York area talk about, you know, maybe we should roll out Christian Hackenberg and see what we have. You don't have to do that, guys. We already know what you have in Christian Hackenberg. He sucks. Yeah, there. yeah. The Jets are enter- the Jets are entertaining people right now. That counts. When you can entertain your fan base, that's got some value to it. I'm sure the fans appreciate them being in ball games for a change. So it's kind of nice to watch. Hey, the other tenants in MetLife Stadium wish they were entertaining their fans. They're entertaining. The Giants <laughs> are entertaining the rest of the league right now because we're all laughing at them. I guess we'll touch on that before we get into the games. What what the hell is going on? Is Ben McAdoo just trolling everyone at this point because he knows he's going to be fired? You're going to bench the quarterback with the longest streak, active streak of consecutive starts in the National Football League, but you're not going to bench him for the rookie quarterback so you can get a look at him. You're going to bench him for, and I say this seriously, folks, Geno freaking Smith. Yeah, I saw that headline. I couldn't believe it. It, it kind of – you see that and you're like, what is the point? 
I mean, why are you doing that? I mean, it's not like you're preserving Eli's career. Gino's not going to win you ball games, and I hope you're not thinking about potentially investing in Gino. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're gonna see if he has a good game or two and try to trade him. Who knows? But it doesn't. I, I have no clue what's going on. I I couldn't fathom it. I thought it was a joke when I saw the headline yesterday. You know, hats off to Eli Manning for when the Giants came to him and said, hey, you know what, you can go out and have kind of like a token start, play a little bit, and then we'll pull you out so we can get a look at the youngster and you can keep your streak going. Hats off to Eli Manning for saying, no, screw that. I Right on, Eli, that's all I got to And if the Giants don't want you, if you still want to play football, I can think of three or four teams right off the top of my head who do want you where you would have probably just as good a chance to win as you do in New York right now. I'm pretty sure a Tom Coughlin the reunion in Jacksonville, they would take him. I think the Denver Broncos would take any quarterback with a pulse right now, and they've done all right with a Manning who was halfway over the hill. The Washington Redskins, if Kirk Cousins leaves, and then you get a chance to beat up on the Giants twice a year. Vengeance is a dish best served cold, Eli Manning. And I expect Kirk Cousins to leave Washington this year. I don't I don't think they're going to franchise tag him again at $34.5 million. And I don't see why Kirk Cousins would have any motivation right now to sign a deal with the Redskins after being jerked around for the last three years. So it's going to be a very interesting off. It's going to be a very interesting off season for the New York Giants. Cause I'm assuming everyone is fired. I think Jerry Reese is going to get fired. If McAdoo doesn't get fired, that why will be more stunned than I was when they benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith. I feel bad for yeah. Giants fans because I, I can't remember the last time a team went into a season with the level of expectations that the Giants had this year and things you fell know, apart this badly. Something I'm seeing, you know, out of a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Odell Beckham owners is it, it's kind of 50-50. A lot of people are worried about the future there and what's going to happen with his dynasty value. And I'm seeing people jump and ship. It's, it's, you know, they're not just selling for nothing, but, you know, he still has a great amount of value in a dynasty, obviously. But the uncertainty is making people bail, and I don't, I don't blame them. I mean, if you look at the Giants and, and, you know, how they put together this season and then the uncertainty with Eli going forward and who might be the quarterback after that. Look, Odell is extremely talented, but I don't blame any owner who, who's thinking about selling Odell right now before he gets himself into a really bad situation. Right. I don't I'd have a hard time doing it though, because you know you're not gonna get value. You're gonna be selling for what, sixty, seventy cents on the dollar. I'd be more inclined to buy for sixty, seventy cents on the dollar than sell if only because Odell's a, a big enough talent, assuming that he's healthy next year, that even with a lousy quarterback, if you just throw Odell Beckham fifty fifty balls all day long, he's gonna get his. So I yeah, like I said, I wouldn't point. blame people either especially given what a lot of these people have invested in Odell Beckham to see everything just come unglued like this. Fantasy football is a fickle mistress, mistress people. And she will, when she goes cold, she goes so cold. Ice cold. Of course, I'm a Browns fan. So I'm a Browns fan. <laughs> For me, football is just all misery all the time anyway. So plus I'm an Ohio State fan, so I get to watch them not make the playoffs this weekend. So that's going to be fun, too. Although they have no one to blame but themselves for losing by 31 points to freaking Iowa. That concludes my rant about college football. Although Greg <laughs> Kellogg, the creator of this 
Greg Kellogg, the creator of this show. If you're out there somewhere listening, Greg, Ohio State beat Michigan again. Uh, I don't want to talk about that, Gary. We're moving on. Oh, it feels so good. It just it's so warm and toasty. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Speaking of imploding football teams, we'll start with Thursday Night Affair. The Washington Redskins at what used to be the Dallas Cowboys. Is there anyone for the Dallas Cowboys? If you're in a must-win fantasy, if you're sitting at 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five and you've got to win this week to get into the playoffs, is there anyone on the Cowboys offense you feel confident starting this week? I can't say confident and starting with any Cowboys player. I just can't do it. Um, you know, the people that have been riding Dak, um, you know, for the first 10 weeks or 11 weeks of the season before his free fall has occurred, um, I hope you've pivoted to someone else. I, it, it's kind of weird to say. It's like one of those things where uh, you, don't, you just don't trust him anymore and you might miss his first game sort of back or his first good game again before you feel good about starting him again. And that's really where you're at with Dak. And then with, you know, Dez, you've got Josh Norman on the other side of the ball there. I know Dez is a great athlete. He can overcome, you know, a really great uh, corner on the other side there. But you don't feel confident about any of it. So um, I actually do I do kind of like the Dallas running backs. But, again, they're sharing the, the load. You know, Rod Smith is getting all of the – all the passing down work and then a lot of the rushing too. Alfred Morris, he's run well. I mean, they're getting some decent blocking out there for him, but how do you feel confident starting either one when they're in that timeshare? You have no idea what the workload's going to be like and, uh, and who's going to get the touchdowns. So no confidence in any Cowboy this week. I don't know. I'm trying to think of players who I have a ton of confidence in on either team in this game. I mean, Crowder has been hot. Kirk Cousins obviously has been, I think, a top five quarterback this year, so he's a solid start. P. Ryan, in a must-win game, I don't know how much confidence I'm brimming with. Roy Aldo's coming off a good game, and Vernon Davis was on a milk carton last week. So, yeah, this is not – and that's fine with me because, frankly, I don't like Thursday night football. It seems like the more players I start in Thursday night football, the bigger hole I wind up in to start the week because if I start them, they will do nothing. But if my opponent has them, they are guaranteed to go off for 225 yards and three touchdowns. So I will put on Twitter this week, everyone, all the the Thursday night players that my opponents have, so that you know to start those players if you have them as a service (laughs) to you. I will say, Gary, I'm I'm a fan of P. P. Ryan for the workload. Last man standing counts for something. I'm also a fan of Crowder. He's been doing very well of late, and uh, he's the only, you know, real reliable option there in the passing game. And when I say I, I endorse them, really more of a DFS value. You know, when you look at their price on DraftKings, it's it's down there low when you consider what their lo- workload and their matchup rating is. So that's kind of where I like them the most in DFS. If you got to start them in season long, you could do worse, but you could also be a lot better. So a good DFS play this week. I'll be writing about them tonight. Oh, I got a dynasty team where – First, I lost David Johnson in week one. Then Ezekiel Elliott got suspended. Then Ty Montgomery got hurt. And I'm I'm clinging because I still have Melvin Gordon, and I had Chris Thompson. So it was okay. I was doing okay. Oh, Chris Thompson, poor thing. That was terrible. He was so good in PPR. He was great. I acquired him everywhere I could. 
broken leg, bad luck. What are you going to do? I hope he gets well soon. <laughs> so now that team, believe it or not, is still fighting for a division title this weekend because of Robbie Anderson, who will probably spontaneously combust at some point on Sunday afternoon, folks. So I'm sorry, Robbie, that it's my fault that you burst into flames. But you're on the team of doom. So I could, I could oh, my God, I can't believe this luck. Still, though, I do not regret trading David Johnson for Le'Veon. I traded Le'Veon Bell away before the season to acquire David Johnson. Do still do not regret that trade because the Steelers are showing quite plainly that they're going to run Le'Veon Bell into the ground this year, and then I don't expect them to re-sign him. Yeah, I'd have to agree. It looks like a solid deal for you. We need David Johnson to come back strong next year, but he's had some some time to rest, fresh legs next year, right? Yeah, I don't see any reason. I, unless, because the Cardinals are five and six, so I guess it's theoretically possible that they could find themselves still in the playoff hunt in week 15 or whatever. But unless that unusual circumstance happens and they're realistically in the hunt, which in the NFC they're really not, I don't see any reason to bring David Johnson back and risk getting him hurt again. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Not that no, the Cardinals not. played better than I Cardinals have played better than I expected. All things considered, given their injuries to beat the Jaguars last week with Blaine Garrett looked like a competent NFL quarterback. I'm watching that game and I'm watching Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles duke it out and I'm entertained by it and I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> This is it. This is the apocalypse. Blaine Gabbert and Blake Worles are playing an entertaining NFL game, and then a meteor is going to hit the earth, and we're all going to die. Because <laughs> It'll never happen again. Probably not. And then Phil Dawson, who's 82 years old, hits a 57-yard field goal to win it. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, man. You really can't. No, you most certainly cannot. Sunday kicks off with the – Probably, in my opinion anyway, the game of the week, the red-hot Minnesota Vikings, Skull Vikings, at the similarly smoking Atlanta Falcons who are looking more and more like sort of the team we expected the Atlanta Falcons to be. Like I said, it looks like the Falcons will have Devonta Freeman back. They already mentioned Case Keenum. The Minnesota running backs have been hard to figure out, David. You know, one week it's a Latavius Murray week, the next week it's a Jarrett McKinnon week. Whose week is it in week 13? Um, can I say Case Keenum's week? Can I just default to that? That's the only guy I really feel, <laughs> aside from the receivers, I like both the receivers, obviously, Thalen and Diggs, but um, these running backs are hard to figure out. I mean, you know, 62% of the snaps in, uh, in week 11 for McKinnon, 55% of the snaps in week 12 for Murray. So, I mean, it's a flip of the coin. It really is when you look at their usage and and who's going to get what. It's kind of been Murray lately, um, but, you know, they both have skills. I hate to say it, it's a situation to avoid. If you own one of them, you're going to start them because it's, like you said, game of the week. The game means so much for the NFC, and um, there's a lot on the line here. So I think you've got to start whoever you've got. But I, I just can't pick one, man. If I had to pick one, I would say McKinnon for the passing game chops that we know he has because this one could turn into, you know, I don't want to say a high-scoring affair because Minnesota's defense is so good, but it could get into a bit of a high-scoring affair with how um, 
how these two offenses are clicking right now. It's going to be a good ball game, that's for sure, and I want a lot of it if I can, but I want the passing game from Minnesota if I can avoid that running game at all. Adam Thielen's having a breakout season and then some has been a godsend for fantasy owners. I liked him before the years of value. I will freely admit I did not expect this. We, I never thought I would hear myself asking this, especially on the heels of a Julio sighting last week. We finally got that huge game out of Julio Jones. But if you had to pick between the two, Adam Thielen, Julio Jones, who you got? I'm still going Julio. Um, if you look at their numbers on the year, though, they are remarkably close. I mean, they both have three touchdowns. Uh, they're both, you know, right in the same uh, yardage-wise, just over 1,000 yards for each of them here. But Julio is just that special kind of athlete. I, I don't know if Thalen isn't that special kind of athlete, but I know Julio is. And, uh, you know, it's the devil we know, right? So Julio, Matt Ryan at home. Julio's hot right now. So if I had to pick between the two – I mean, you can't go wrong, I don't think, but I'm picking Julio. I look forward to the Julio Jones versus Xavier Rhodes matchup. That's going to be fun to watch this weekend. Really, that's it is going to be fun to watch. That's something I thought about, too, in that decision-making there. You know, I know Xavier Rhodes is a stud, stud corner, but, I mean, it's Julio Jones, and he's a beast. He's just a specimen of a football player out there. So, um, now that I've said that, gosh, Man, can I switch to Thalen because of the Xavier Rhodes? Can I switch back to Thalen? I'm going to switch to Thalen. I'm doing it. I don't care. I'm doing it. Yeah, and Desmond Trufant, I think, is banged up for the Falcons, so I don't know if he's going to be a go. And even if he is, Thalen spends a lot of time in the slot, which Trufant doesn't generally. I will say with Rhodes on Julio, that probably means Trey Waynes on Mohamed Sanu, so this could be one of those sneaky good weeks for Sanu because as good as Rhodes is, Waynes is not. They spent a high pick on him. I don't know that he's ever quite lived up to it. So this might be a nice Sanu wide receiver three flex. I mean, obviously, if you've got Thalen and Julio, you're playing them both. So it's kind of a – Right. Do you prefer Ferrari or Lamborghini? Either way, you're going to get there really fast. <laughs> and if, if nothing else, it was it had to be nice. I think I own Julio in one league. It was nice to finally – because it had, before last week, it had been a – Pretty disappointing season relative to what we expect from Julio Jones. Yeah, and that's, and that's that saying a lot problem. for Julio. I mean, he's got he's got he had like 800 yards going into the game, and everyone's like, "This is disappointing," because we expect so very much out of Julio, like you said. But it's good to see him finally have that vintage explosion, like he does every every so often here. Um, I really hope he keeps it going this week. I know he won't blow up like he did last week, but I'm expecting a great ball game in Atlanta this weekend. Yeah, me too. This one might not be so great. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans battle between the Marcus, the disappointment Mariota, and Tom, the turnover machine savage. The Tennessee running backs, I can't really get a feel for that. I mean, it seems to me in my two eyeballs like Derrick Henry is clearly outplaying DeMarco Murray and yet every time there is a touchdown to be scored, it is DeMarco Murray who winds up scoring it. So I, what do you do if, you, if you're looking to start one of those guys? Well, if you're looking to start one of these guys, first thing you do is get on your knees and pray because there's no other – there's no way to figure this thing out, man. 
and there's no way to feel good about it. And it's week 13. It's crunch time. Either you're in the playoffs or you're fighting for your life to get into the playoffs this week. So it matters right now. Um, I really just don't like the matchup at all. Houston's been pretty stingy against the, the running backs this year. I think they're like third stingiest right now, something in that sort of range. Um, I guess you got – you're hoping for a touchdown, right? That's really what it boils down to. Despite Henry's better play, DeMarco's going to get it down in that red zone. And so um, that's the way I would go. I'd go DeMarco just for the touchdown hope. You know, getting those six-point chunks sure helps you win a lot of ball games. Yeah, it's, and it's been a disappointing season for Murray, and I wonder if he'll be moving on in the offseason, which there's some nice news for you dynasty owners to chew on. And Foo Savage looks so bad against Baltimore. Oh my goodness! He, I mean, he DeAndre Hopkins absolutely is, killed me. Oh, at least Hopkins has managed to maintain some level of fantasy value. But oh my, that Houston Baltimore game just hurt my soul to watch. When the best pass of the entire game is thrown by a punter, that pretty much tells you what <laughs> you need to know about the level of quarterback play that you're watching. The two teams headed in opposite direction. Well, I guess they're just kind of treading water. The Kansas City Chiefs are definitely headed in a direction, right into the toilet. Losers of five of their last six after peeling off five wins in a row to open the season. What the hell is wrong with the Chiefs? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, you know, this is this the Andy Reid Andy Reed vintage explosion, you know, where he just implodes his team and just, just ruins everything for everybody? It might be. But uh, something is extremely wrong here. Your Kareem Hunt stock is toast. I mean, he he was the saving grace even during that losing streak because his floor was so nice. I think during that uh, the the heat of that losing streak, his lowest game was like nine point eight points in PPR, which is pretty solid, you know, if that's the the floor. But um, I just don't know what to make of this thing. I mean, you own these people, you you start them for the most part. You could probably swap out Alex Smith. Um, you know, for another quarterback, that's readily available. But it's hard to sit Tyreek Hill because you know what he can do at any given time. Kareem Hunt, same deal. You know what he can do. I mean, and I can't imagine you have too many better options that are getting the same volume as Kareem Hunt. But it's just sad to see this happening to the Chiefs, who started out red hot uh, coming out of the gate this year. So I just don't know what to make of it. But um, you look at the receivers in this game. You mentioned you on Robbie Anderson. If I had to pick between him and Tyreek Hill, I'm starting Robbie Anderson. I mean, I I can't imagine this streak continues. What's he on, like a five-game streak with uh, with touchdowns in each game? Something like yep. that. But, I mean, he's just flat out – this offense is humming right now, and Kansas City's is very much not. So, um, that would be a, a crazy decision to make, but I'd be starting Anderson over Hill if I had to choose between the two. Well, what did Anderson throw up last week? Like five, one forty-six, and two scores. Jermaine Curse was, I think, seven a buck five and one last week. And yeah, it's, it's the only thing I can think of. Oh, I would start McCown over Alex Smith this week, and wouldn't even. Uh, that's not even a decision to me. Absolutely. Without question, the only thing I can think of is that it seems like Kansas City, at the beginning of the year when they were playing so well, they were attacking. I mean, they were a vertical all the time, I mean, mm-hmm. aggressive, moving the ball down the field. And now we're right back to kind of what everyone expected the Kansas City Chiefs offense to be. Everything's lateral and five, ten yards down the field and dinking and dunking. And it's just, oh, 
I mean, you lose to the Giants, and then you turn around and get beat by Buffalo. Yeah, that's 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 when upsetting did the AFC... to see, and I don't I don't get it. And you watch them play the football games, and you're like, how is this team still leading the AFC West? <laughs> how can this possibly be? Beat? It's the I division. Mean, yeah, that's it. It's that's the all division it nobody Denver, wants Oak, to win. Denver, Oakland, and uh, the Chargers. I mean, yeah, the Chargers look like the front runner right now. Yeah, they're playing the best football in the division, and they lost their first four games. When did the AFC West become the AFC South? I, I just <laughs> And I looked at that division before the season, and I was like, you know, this is going to be a pretty good division. This is going to be a dogfight. Denver's got a good defense. They can run the ball a little bit. They can get some quarterback play. Obviously, Oakland, a lot of people thought they could be a Super Bowl contender. You got Kansas. And uh, I figured that uh, – <laughs> well, I'll show you what I know, which is nothing. <laughs> And the Chargers are more than likely going to win this week because they're playing Cleveland, and I don't think the Chargers are fixing to let Cleveland get their only win of the season against them two seasons in a row. Don't think the Chargers have forgotten that the Browns were the only team that that they were the only team that lost to Cleveland last year. I'm pretty sure they haven't. So uh, it's going to be a weird stretch run in the AFC West. That is for sure. Speaking of the AFC West, the Denver Broncos will travel to Miami. That one should be a barn burner. Going to be some great quarterback play in that contest. Damian Williams, I don't believe, practiced today. Denver's been more susceptible to the run than the pass. How do you feel about Kenyon Drake as a desperation running back play? You could do worse. He really could. He's got it all to himself back there. So I don't love the matchup, but Denver has been beat up by running backs over the past few weeks. So they're definitely susceptible. They got a kind of a mailing it in, kind of phoning it in sort of feel to them right now. So um, yeah, there are definitely worse options out there. I think, I think I'd just as soon start him over like an Alfred Morris, I suppose, um, which again, I do kind of like the, the Dallas running backs this week, but you know, you like that workload, right? So He's got to get something going on here. I don't know if he has a great game or not, but not bad. What do you make of the wide receivers in that game? We've got Trevor Simeon back for the Broncos, which bad though that may be for the Broncos compared to Paxton Lynch. It's probably good news for Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. Then across the field, you've got Noah Cube to leave for the Broncos, which might open things up a little bit for Devontae Parker. Personally, I think if I could pick any wide receiver in that game, it would probably be Jarvis Landry, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it would have to be Landry. If I was ranking them, um, just because Landry's been so Landry, right, eight for 70 pretty much every week, something in that ballpark, really good for PPR purposes, which is what Landry has, has made his bones on. So he'd be my top receiver in that group. Then I'd actually go Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, um, just because they're not playing against the Denver secondary. Um but and then you're going to go Devontae Parker, I suppose, and then Kenny Stills down there. But I won't be surprised if, if Stills is like the top-scoring receiver for Miami because that's just what he does randomly, right? Catches some bombs, catches some random touchdowns. So not a situation I'm really excited about beyond Landry, I would say. But um, it, it's sad to say, but getting Simeon back is a boost for both the Denver receivers, that's for sure. It's uh, Kenny Sills is dead to me. I recommended him as a sleeper last week at Bleacher Report. He had been, Matt Moore had been targeting him like crazy. Had a touchdown each of his last two meetings against the New England Patriots. So what does he do? Goes out and lays a big fat egg. 
So you're dead to me, Kenny. Can we talk I about? Hope, I hope we're talking about dead to me's. Can I, I want to do two dead to me's right now while we're talking about dead to me? You go ahead. Vernon, da- Vernon Davis is dead to the entire fantasy community. He killed everybody's <laughs> lineup last week in the perfect matchup. They were running three tight end sets, and then you got Niles Paul catching footballs. I don't know what to make of that. And then I, I don't want to. Evan Ingram is not dead to me, but he is sleeping on the front porch like an outside dog because, I mean, with that that Thanksgiving night matchup. Washington and and the Giants for tight ends, that's perfect. It's perfect. But they were kept into block so much. Evan Ingram dropped like three passes in that one. Both of you guys in my doghouse, if not dead. My rant is over. Oh, uh, if Evan Ingram wasn't dead to me for the performance last week, he's dead to me because of Geno freaking Smith. No one on a, the entire Giants offense just got shoved. If there was anyone there who wasn't on the dead to me pile, yeah, the minute you announced Geno Smith as your starting quarterback, just <laughs> bye guys. Enjoy my bet. If you're on my roster, you sure as heck aren't going to be in my lineup. Here's one that should get ugly pretty quickly because something tells me the Jacksonville Jaguars are a little upset about what happened last week. They will play host to the Indianapolis Colts. Looks like Leonard Fournette is practicing in full this week. Think he bounces back. Been a little off of late. Yeah, I do think this is his bounce back week. You know, he's getting, been ramping up since missing a couple of games there. And, um, you know, his uh, his snap count was a little down last week uh, because of the game flow. But I don't, I don't expect comparable game flow in this one here. Um, it's a nice matchup for him. I think they just feed him and get him rolling. And, uh, and just let him do what he does best. So uh, Fournette is actually a nice DFS value this week. I'll be writing about him tonight as well. The article comes out tomorrow morning. Um, I think he's around 7,800 in DraftKings, which is that sweet spot, just below the top tier of the expense, you know, for running backs there. The same spot where Alvin Kamara was last week, and he went off. So I know he's not Kamara, but it's that sweet spot of elite talent at mediocre pricing. So I love Fournette this week. Oh, I have. I just have this thinking feeling that Kamara is going to kill people in the fantasy playoffs. There's going to be a game where the game flow is going to get weird, and the touches aren't going to be there, and he's not because his per touch production is just ridiculous. Doesn't even begin to cover it, and people are going to freak out because he only gets some six or seven points. And it's like, guys, it's just the pace, the fantasy points per touch that he's putting up right now is not a sustainable rate. If it was, he would be no doubt number one overall pick every year that he plays in the NFL until the end of time. Do you dare start T.Y. Hilton this week in a must-win matchup on the side of a melt curtain the last two weeks and gets the Pixel-A secondary of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. My wife owns T.Y. Hilton in the league that we do, and um, I, she has no other choice. It's like, it's like a 20-person league, so she's got to start him. But unless you're in a situation like that, I mean, you can't. He did nothing last week in a, in a dream matchup at home versus the Tennessee extremely beatable secondary, and he did absolutely nothing. Now I blame a lot of that on quarterback play too. But, I mean, this is an elite secondary in Jacksonville. It doesn't get any tougher than them right now. So, no. If you could start anybody else, I mean, reach deep down. Heck, I might even consider starting, like, uh, one of the guys out of Oakland, you know, just for the better matchup and better opportunity, which sounds insane. But if you got to win, count on T.Y. Hilton this week is not the path to victory. 
he had that ridiculous that five for a buck seventy five and two scores or whatever it was against Houston, and then I think in the two games since then he's got three or four catches for like thirty something yards in two games combined, and he's easily their best receiver. So I don't, I can't say that I know what his target data, his target numbers were in those games. But we're not talking about Zay Jones, so it's not like he was targeted 14 times in a game and caught two passes. I I don't think I own Hilton anywhere. If I did, I would start – I'd like Jermaine Curse, Zay Jones, guys like that, I would probably start them over Hilton because I just don't – with the exception of Antonio Brown, the Jaguars have been just ruthless at shutting down top receivers this year. I mean, they're just putting the clamps on them. And with all due respect to T.Y. Hilton, he's not Antonio Brown. So no one is Antonio Brown except Antonio Brown. And according to the delusional Brown fans on the Internet, Josh Gordon. But I'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) The Battle of the Bays, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Jameis Winston will be back. Devontae Adams or Mike Evans? Mike Evans owners, rejoice. Jameis has returned and I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I made a nice deal early on in one of my favorite leagues to get Mike Evans, and uh, I gave up a pretty penny to get him at the time, and um, he just has not performed. He's been solid, you know, 10 points here, 11 points there. But this week looks like his week, right? He's at Green Bay. Green Bay is very, very, very beatable. I think they're bottom four in points allowed uh, in PPR format to opposing wide receivers. Uh, so is Tampa Bay, obviously. But if I'm picking up the two, I'm taking Evans. Um, just because, you know, getting Winston back, he should be peppered with targets. He's been peppered with targets, even with Winston out. He has 22 targets over the past two weeks. So that's the way I'm leaning. Um, Adams isn't a bad play, though, especially given the matchup. He's the only useful wide receiver uh, in Green Bay, which breaks my heart because I have so much Jordy stock. But what are you going to do? So, yeah, I like Evans. Oh, Huntley is. Adams is a solid start, too. Hunley is all up in Adams' business. I mean, he is, that's clearly his guy. Is, oh, yeah. And to Brett Hungley's credit, this past week in Pittsburgh, he played like an NFL quarterback. I didn't know what I was watching. I'm like, wait, wait he a second. Up, he grew this up a bit one of the... this, this past Sunday night. Yeah, he had a nice ball game, and he really grew up a little bit here. Helped his uh, his future stock for whatever it's worth here behind Aaron Rodgers. But um, that was a good ball game Sunday night. I really enjoyed that one. That was a good one. Yeah. And what about Jamal Williams peeling off, what, 120-something total yards and scoring a touchdown, long touchdown catch, inspiring some confidence in the coaching staff ahead of a very nice matchup with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this weekend who can be run on. I own Williams in a couple leagues. I own Ty Montgomery and a couple of others. I am Montgomery can just sit down, just leave, let, don't mess it up, and be – Sneaking your little nose up in the carry share or something. I want Jamal Williams to get his 18, 20 touches. And, Ty, you had your chance. You blew it. <laughs> I think Don't be ruining my playoff here. chances. I think you'll get your wishes for this week, Gary, especially after that big uh, that big game he had against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not a soft run defense by any stretch of the imagination. And so uh, Green Bay is a slightly better matchup mathematically. Uh, in Williams' dominating snap counts, he's averaging 85% of the snaps over the past two weeks. So that's really encouraging. I know a lot of people snagged Williams. You know, he was like that. He's kind of that post-hype kind of back-end season-winning type running back, potentially, if you can get it right here. Or I should say if Green Bay can get it right. But, um, you know, he had that hype at the beginning of the season, got hurt, 
Tymon got hurt, Jones steps in, or Tymon got hurt, then then Williams steps in, he gets hurt, Jones steps in, he has a great game, he runs with it for a few weeks. It's been a vicious, crazy cycle there in Green Bay, but I'm really happy to see Williams coming on strong here late, and I like him a lot this week. Yeah, I mean, I think his ground numbers weren't great last week. I think it was 21 for 65, but still they trusted him enough to give him 21 carries. Showed right. those passing game chops with that long catch. I saw McCarthy was talking up his three-down ability this weekend. So I I think the touches will be there for him this week. And Tampa's defense has not played to the level that I expected they would this year. Of course, in Tampa, pretty much, period, hasn't played to the level I expected this week. Might get a little bit of a Cameron break rebound this uh, he had fallen off a cliff with Fitzpatrick out there and OJ Howard seemed like he was asserting himself a little bit. You get Jameis back in there. Jameis likes his Cameron Brait, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a little mini bounce back from Brait. Not that I know that I would not that I'm saying I would necessarily be rushing out to start him. The Detroit Lions who need a win badly against the Baltimore Ravens who are the ugliest six and five football team I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness, that offense is offensive. Marvin Jones has been pretty hot for the Lions this week, but the Ravens' defense is no joke. What do you make of him this week? He's been red hot. I mean, if you own him, you're probably starting him. Um, He's one of those guys where it's like you might actually have better options because he's Marvin Jones. He's not really one of the guys you were going into the season counting on, hopefully, outside of the deepest of leagues. I just – if I had an option to bench him this week – I'd probably do it if I could. I mean, this Ravens defense has been pretty stout against uh, opposing wide receivers. I think they're like the third stingiest in the NFL right now, and they're they're legit defense. You know, it's it's good to see Baltimore playing strong D this year. Um, but again, you might not have a better spot for him. So, like I said, if you could bench him, do so. If you can't, I understand. And hey, he might beat him for a touchdown. You never know. This is probably the toughest game Baltimore has left on their slate. No, I think they still have one more against Pittsburgh. Or maybe they played Pittsburgh. For, I don't know. This, this could be a 10-11 win football team easily. And you look at the Ravens, and no offense to their fan base, but the Ravens are not a good football team. This is not a team that I can see going into the playoffs and making any kind of noise because the offense is just – Joe Flacco looks horrible. Start one of those Baltimore running backs, Alex Collins. Looked pretty good this past week running the ball. Picked up, I think, 60-something yards and a touchdown. Danny Woodhead starting to work his way back into the mix. PPR, which one would you go with? Yeah, you, you threw the PPR in on me. Um, I was going Collins all the way. So okay, so PPR, I go Woodhead just because he's he's gonna you know catch passes. That's for sure. If it's standard though, Collins is averaging fifty percent, fifty-seven percent of the snaps the past two weeks. So that's the route I'd go. I'm not happy about any of it. I'm not really rushing to invest in any of these guys right now. But PPR is Woodhead for obvious reasons and Collins and Standard. Yeah, my Buck Allen stock is yay. Uh, hopefully I'm late <laughs> hey, in this season. Scored, he scored Monday night, didn't he? So that was a pretty yeah, good game for him. My serious dynasty, the running backs are just a mess right now. I probably will wind up starting Murray through my hand because I don't want to look at it just because <laughs> the whole lot of meh in the backfield. But and my wide receivers are worse. That was a team that was built around defense, and half it's hurt, so I don't even know how I got in the playoffs, to be honest. The red-hot New England Patriots, shock and amazement. The Patriots are good. At the clinging to their playoff dreams before they crush the hopes of their fan base that this will finally be the year 
to, to get back into the postseason. It's kind of cold-blooded of the Bills to keep doing this to their fans, honestly, because I like Bills fans. They're kind of brown. You know, they've got that Midwestern-type Lake Erie vibe going on, long-suffering, which I can totally empathize with. So I, I hate to see this happen to them again, but it's going to happen to them again. The Patriots running backs are becoming nigh impossible to figure out. <laughs> Just when you feel like this is the week you can totally trust Rex Burkhead, they'll let you down. Deion Lewis, I think, finished. I think Burkhead and Lewis finished in the top 20 last week. You got James White constantly lurking on the passing downs. If you had to start a New England running back this week, who you got? Um, flipping a coin on Burkhead and Lewis. Um, if I had to pick one of the two, I would go Lewis. Um, I do like Burkhead. He's got a uh, better price in DraftKings as well. He's flat 5000 uh, which, given this offense and what you know could happen – that's that's a real cheap option at running back there. So I do like Burkhead for his price in DFS this week. But if I'm picking between the two, I like Deion Lewis. And uh, it, it's really close, though. I mean, Deion's averaging 43.5% of the snaps the past two weeks. Rex is averaging 37.5% of the snaps over the same span. So uh, it's kind of dealer's choice. If you got one of them, start them. I mean, it's a great matchup for them. And New England is just hitting on all cylinders right now. They're, they're, they look great out there. They're fantastic. Yeah, I kind of find myself. I if once this would be admittedly a desperation play at wide receiver, but Zay Jones three for I think thirty three last week and a touchdown on ten targets, three catches on ten targets. Gotta love that catch percentage. Zay, you're having a great year, buddy. But he's the number one wide receiver for the Bills at this point by default. And the Patriots have gotten better defensively, but they're still giving up a lot of fantasy points to receivers, and I think the Bills are going to be playing catch-up. So I sense some garbage time points coming in Zay Jones' future. So I might actually be starting him as like a third or fourth receiver in a couple weeks because I'm a masochist, and I'm putting faith in the Buffalo passing game. That's that's a good point. It's a good, solid bet, too. The one I'm betting on is Tyrod because, you know, as you mentioned, they're they're clinging to playoff hopes in Buffalo. They're going to come out there – and play with everything they've got, which I don't know how much that is, but they're going to play with all of it. And, um, you know, New England has been really leaky against uh, against all offenses, really, and, you know, running and, and passing. So they've been playing better the last, like, four weeks, I think, um, kind of quietly just being pretty good on defense. I think a lot of that is, though, the, the Patriots offense coming out and just punching people in the mouth and getting them all off kilter. You know, that that's a psychological part of the game that people don't think about uh, outside of the X's and O's. But – um, I like the garbage time. I just don't want to try to pick who's going to score the touchdowns, who's going to be getting all the all the love. I like Jay, Zay Jones as the best bet for sure, um, and I love him in, in Dynasty. I love the Dynasty stock a lot. But um, when it's when it's that just kind of crazy with Buffalo and you don't quite know, I mean, you could see like Andre Holmes catching the touchdown of this one, couldn't you? Because that garbage time is going to happen. Let's let's be honest, it's definitely going to happen. I'd rather just have the turret than the bullets, you know, and that's that's going to be. Uh, Tyrod. I think the uh, the entire AFC is essentially turning into garbage time. I don't know that I see a team that's going to be able to prevent what appears to be a collision course between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New England Patriots in a rematch in the AFC championship game. Whereas the NFC, there's like five or six teams I could almost see winning the whole thing. And the AFC, there's two who are head and shoulders better than everybody else is. And no, folks, Baltimore's not one of them. 
barn burner in the Windy City. This uh, let's DVR this one, folks. San Francisco 49ers, the first start in the red and gold for Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo, against Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. First team to 16 wins. The only fantasy options anyone's seriously going to be considering in this game are the running back. So, Carlos Hyde or Jordan Howard? Um, Jordan Howard for the matchup. That's just plain and simple. Um, not super excited about it coming off last week. Um, but, you know, when you look at the 49ers' rush defense, I mean, they're they're the bottom. They're the sediment at the bottom of the of the barrel there. So, if you own Howard, you got to start him. And, I, you know, I kind of like him in DFS this week, too. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not in. I'm not in any way starting him, you know, um, at all. But um, you look at what could possibly happen. Chicago is kind of, kind of leaky against the tight end a little bit. I think they're like bottom eight, somewhere in that sort of range. And um, you know, I kind of like Garrett Selleck as kind of a cheap, super cheap. You know, if you've spent your budget everywhere else in DFS a nice like $2,500 play down there. You might get lucky. I think he got like 74% of the snaps last week. Um, so, you know, just throwing that name out there. If it doesn't work out, don't kill me. You invested in Garrett Selleck, so that's on you too. But just throwing the name out there, it might have some value. Cleveland Clowns at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are probably going to roll. Phillip Rivers looking pretty good. The big news in Cleveland, of course, is the return of Josh Gordon. Is he going to do anything for fantasy owners, not just this week, but into the fantasy playoffs, given that he has not seen a football field, which a lot of people seem to forget, in three years? Yeah, he is. He's um, he's going to disappoint a lot of these psychos that have been stashing Josh Gordon <laughs> in their dynasties and just waiting for this moment for Josh Gordon to get off the couch or wherever he's been. I hope he's been in some kind of a gym. And, uh, and come out there. Like, I, I don't want anybody to fail. I want everyone to succeed in this life, and so I'm rooting for everybody, really, but, except for Ohio State. But, really, I just don't see anything here. And if, and if you've held on to Josh Gordon and he does something, he catches a touchdown, good for you. That's great. I hope your three-year investment or whatever it was was worth it, but I'm just not touching this. No way. I hope he gets his life back together more than his football career if only until he gets his life back together. I don't have any ill will toward the young man. But he's shown the Browns time and time again. He can't be counted on. The story coming out today, he's telling Sports Illustrated that he was slinging weed at Baylor and making ten grand a month. And I understand you want to open up about your misdeeds and, and get your life back together. Why would you tell people that? It serves no purpose other than to make you look that much worse Never mind, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that kind of thing, because if you're making ten grand in profit a month, you're not just that stoner at the dorm who always has a little extra on him. You're, he's talking about having pounds of vacuum-sealed marijuana sent to him through the mail, which would make it a federal crime. And I'm like, you're not supposed to talk he's, about this sort of stuff. He's not a smart guy. Oh, no, there's no question. Not. There's no, no question about his intelligence whatsoever. I hope he can still play a little bit of football, so he can put a little money in the bank and then sail off into the sunset. Because he's only got maybe what, even if he even if he survives this season, maybe what a couple years left in the tank. Maybe I, I don't know. I mean, when did he come in the league? It feels like it was like six or seven years ago. He's. I, I think he's only 26 at this point. I mean, he was young, but it's. 
one more misstep and he's going to be suspended until the end of time. And I just don't have much confidence that he's not going to make another misstep. I mean, we've heard everything that's coming out of Josh Gordon's mouth right now. We've heard before multiple times. So I'm rooting for him, but it's Cleveland, so you better prepare for disappointment because that's what's going to happen. Speaking (laughs) of disappointment, the New York Giants traveled to Oakland this week to face the Raiders in a game of teams who were supposed to compete for the Super Bowl and instead are competing in the toilet bowl. I don't – I. what do you say about this game fantasy-wise, especially with Geno Smith starting? you got no, probably no Crabtree or Cooper, which ruins what would have been a great matchup for Derek Carr because mm-hmm. <laughs> the Giants are giving a ton of fantasy points to quarterbacks. I mean, with the injuries to wide receivers, is this a good March on Lynch week? Um, yeah, it easily could be. I mean, if you look at – I mean, he's he's playing good football right now. Had a good week last week. Got 75% of the snaps among running backs. And, uh, you know, I think the G-Man have given up the fourth most uh, rushing yards to uh, opposing running backs. So, I mean, it's why not? I think it's a Marshawn Lynch week. I think it's a Jared Cook week. Because um, who else is out there? You're going to throw it out to Seth Roberts, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, Cord- Cordell Patterson, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then there's a Johnny Holton guy out there who might catch a touchdown if he caught one earlier this year. But um, it just sounds like a Jared Cook, Marshawn Lynch kind of game. And, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if I see uh, like a Jalen Richard, like 60-yard rush up the middle for a touchdown or something silly like that on, on his one of his four carries he'll get or something. So not really looking forward to this game. But there will be some kind of fantasy value here if you're desperate. I like Cook this week, too, which terrifies me because Jared, the, the moment you put your faith in Jared Cook, he is loosey. He is going to pull that ball away, and you're going to wind up flat on your back, eliminated from postseason contention, wondering why the hell you ever trusted Jared Cook. He's been doing this for I don't know how many years Jared Cook has been playing football, but he's been doing this for all of them, whether he was in Tennessee or with the Rams or with the pay, don't matter what color helmet Jared Cook is wearing, if you trust him, he will crush you. But this uh, this week looks so – and the Giants are so bad at defending tight ends. I think it was, what, their They're first eight games of the year? That, yeah, their first eight games of the year they gave up a touchdown to a tight end. So they made Garrett Selleck look good. Garrett Selleck, then to remember, just saying. <laughs> yep, oh, yeah, that's two Garrett Selleck references in the same show. So – He's living large. The Vikings and the Falcons isn't the game of the week to then Carolina at the New Orleans Saints probably is first place in the NFC South on the line after the Saints were beaten by the Rams last week. Drew Brees or Cam Newton? Um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Drew Brees. And um Cam did not look good out there last week. I mean, he ended up having okay uh, statistical, okay fantasy points uh, on the day. But um, what really I'm looking at is in my recommendation of Drew Brees is Josh McCown last week and how good he did against this Carolina secondary. Uh, did uh, 307 yards, three touchdowns, roughly 25 fantasy points, depending on your scoring. And he threw it a lot, you know, uh, 36 attempts. We know what Brees is capable of. I know that New Orleans has kind of pivoted to the run of late. But the little dumps and dinks to Kamara, those count too. So um, I'm going Brees over Cam in this one. Speaking of Kamara, a little looking forward to 2018. Never too early to look ahead. 
How high are we going to be talking about drafting Alvin Kamara next year? Too high, um, especially if Ingram is still there. I'm not sure what his contract is. I haven't looked at it, but um, you know he's going to be way up there. He's going to be right there with Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. Um, it's going to be an interesting kind of running back landscape next year with all the, the new names and new faces out there mixed in with the old guys. I actually like it. You know, I love having kind of that old school fantasy football where you got running backs going in the first round. That's nice. Um, if I had to guess, it's off the top of my head. He's going to be in a lot of people's top five easily. Yeah, I think. See, Bell is probably not going to be in my top five next year because he's going to, at the rate he's going, he's going to green past 370, and that the curse 370 is real. Very real. David Johnson is going to be right there. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be right there. And then things are going to get – Leonard Fournette's probably going to be flirting with the top of Gurley has been really great this year. It's going to be interesting to see where a guy like Saquon Barkley lands in the NFL draft because he's got that every down skill set. I mean, you know you're big in fans. You know just as well as I do. We saw a lot of Saquon Barkley this year. The kid can play. I mean – I wish we didn't. I know I wish he didn't. Off. I'm proud to have him come out of the Big Ten. I like seeing a Big Ten running back come out and play well. But man, he just beat Michigan to hell. It was awful to watch. I actually just stopped watching that game because it was so bad. I know he tailed off a little bit towards the end of the year. But I think that had more to do with Penn State's offensive line than it did with his play. And I expect he'll yeah. be. He's not going to win the Heisman. Baker Mayfield's going to win the Heisman, but. I suspect that Saquon Barkley will probably be invited to New York. So, good for him. I don't like Baker Mayfield. (laughs) (laughs) No reason. No reason why. Los Angeles Rams, the surging Los Angeles Rams, the legit Los Angeles Rams. People need to stop asking if the Rams are for real. The answer is yes. At the Arizona Cardinals, an interesting game, given what the Cardinals were able to do at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars last night, last week. I mean, the bird's nest is a tough place to play. Cooper Cup or Larry Fitzgerald, which is a weird question, but there's a little bit of a difference in the quarterback play between the two teams right now. Right, so that's a big factor there. Also, the matchup's a big factor. Um, you know, Rams are eighth stingiest against opposing wide receivers, whereas on the flip side, Arizona is the ninth most generous I also think Patrick Peterson will be on Sammy Watkins a lot. I'm hoping and praying because I love Cup stock this week. Um, Cup looked good. He stepped up last week. I know he got a lot of his yardage on one big play, but he still had a darn good ball game, and uh, I was really happy to see that because he started out pretty soft or, or pretty strong, excuse me, early on in the season, stayed a little bit there with Robert Woods and Watkins having some games there. Um, but if I'm picking between the two, I am picking Cooper Cup, and that seems weird to say because Larry Fitzgerald – is a magician in his old age, just PPR monster. Um, I like them both, honestly, just because Larry's Larry, and he's not all they got, but he's he's close to it. Cup makes me a little nervous this week, if only because I'm afraid he's going to drop Peterson. So I would check. And he, more than any other cornerback in the NFL right now, Patrick Peterson is a true shadow. Most of the NFL teams right now are just running left side cornerback, right side cornerback, and whichever guy lines up on that side, that's who you cover. Peterson follows the guy around, and we'll probably know later in the week because Bruce Arians usually gets asked, and he's usually not shy about saying who Peterson's going to cover. And personally, if I were Bruce Arians, I would put my best corner on Cooper Cup, more so than Sammy Watkins. 
tough would scare me more than Watkins does. Watkins might burn you for a long touchdown, but he might just as easily drop it. So I just, I just Sammy Watkins doesn't scare me as an opposing coach. What do you make Adrian Peterson this week? The Rams can be run on a little bit. Yeah, that's what it boils down to, really. Great matchup. I mean, you look at the yardage totals that uh, the Rams have given up over the past four weeks alone, not, not a, let alone the whole season. I mean, they've been getting gashed all year, aside from the occasional games where they play, you know, like Seattle, who doesn't have a running back. Um, I, I like them this week just from – we look at this offense as a whole and the weapons, and you have Blaine Gabbert under center – you got to think heavy workload for Peterson this week. So um, I do like him uh, this week in this matchup, that's for sure. So I'd be starting him where I own him. I think that's one of the things that I like most about Peterson right now is you've got to have the right matchup. If you're playing a team that can shut down the run, then they're going to, and they're going to stack the line, and Peterson's probably going to have a long day because everybody knows what's coming. But that's also the comforting thing if the matchup's decent is that everyone knows what's coming. You know Peterson is going to get – 20, 25 touches. You don't have volume is not a question. And the number of running backs that you can say that about seems to dwindle by the week anymore, especially as injuries and stuff kick in. So I will probably be starting him in every league that I have him, which means it's going to be a rough week for Adrian Peterson because <laughs> I'm cursed. Yes, I'm pretty sure all my fantasy teams were built over an Indian burial ground like in Poltergeist. They just moved the headstones. They didn't move the graves. I, that's, what I, that's what I should name my team next year, just move the headstones. <laughs> Another big game this week, big test for young Carson Wentz and the 10-1 and Philadelphia Eagles going to Seattle. Never an easy place to play. And Seahawks are a little injury depleted, but still, we are talking about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Wilson or Wentz? Um, I'm going Wentz. And, um, you know, Seahawks have been been a little susceptible um, since losing Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman, which is expected, of course. Those guys are, are uber talented, obviously. And then you combine that with Wentz is on fire. Plus, you know, you've got – this game is huge. I mean, this is this is – you called a couple of games of the week, but this is, in my mind, the game of the week. This is the one I'm looking forward to the most, I would say. So I'm going Wentz here. Um, tons of weapons all over the place. It's going to be a great ball game, I'm hoping here. Um, Wilson's going to have himself a game mostly because they can't run the ball, period. And, um, you know, that's the number of factors, lack of talent in the backfield, lack of blocking on the line, or talent if you want to put it that way. But if I had to pick between the two, and I know they're both red hot and both playing great football, I'm going with Carson Wentz on the road in Seattle, which sounds crazy, but I'm basing that on the injuries in the secondary. We, uh, I made Deathmatch into a super flex league in 2017. Made the playoffs at 7-5. Got my first round playoff matchup this weekend. My three quarterbacks, of which I can start to, are Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, and Russell Wilson. So I have a decision ahead of me, and I don't, I can't say for sure that I know what I'm going to do right now. I mean, it's a nice problem to have, except that it's also the kind of problem that drives you insane the entire week. And then you're always comparing the scores of the two quarterbacks you started versus the one you didn't. And if the one you didn't gets six points more than the one you did, you spend two days hating yourself. Or at least I did. But, it, you know, it gives me an excuse to hit the liquor cabinet. So whatever. Gary, is it is it crazy to say bench Tom Brady in that? Is that nuts? I mean, when you look at that, that I've matchup, considered I mean, it. You, 
they're good. They might be blowing them out for all we know. And in fact, they're going to be blowing them out at some point, I think, but um, you know, it's weird because they don't exactly take the, take the foot off the pedal per se. I mean, Tom seems to throw three or four touchdowns every single week, but this might be the week where he throws two, you know, I don't know. I don't want to be the guy that messes up your league, but you got a tough decision, man. It's a good problem to have, but it's a pretty bad problem to have this week. Yeah. I've thought about, Sitting Brady, and for me, sometimes even if I come down to like tiebreakers, I like guys in primetime games. I like having those guys left at the end of the day, where I can look at the score and see how many points I'm down, and think to myself, okay, I need to get 17 points out of that guy and 23 points out of that guy. And as I'm watching that Sunday night game, you watch those points start adding up, and it just it makes fantasy football more fun for me. So, like I said, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I probably won't know. Yeah. Thankfully, none of them are playing on Thursday. Yeah, I was going to say, I like the primetime thing, except for when it's primetime on Thursday night. Nothing's worse than having your uh, your RB2 go out there and put up 5.1 on a Thursday nighter and go into the week right. with that. But um, you look at, like, uh, Brent Hundley last week. He was on a primetime Sunday night game in a tough matchup at Pittsburgh, crowd going nuts, and he plays the best game he's played all year. Yeah, and it could that Philadelphia-Seattle game could very well turn into a shootout. Because, yeah, I, I think like might. you said, the Legion of Boom is all kind of banged up. The Eagles' offense is clicking as well as any in football. Granted, Seattle is not an easy place to play. But if Philly goes out there and throws up 20 points in the first half, then obviously that's going to put Russell Wilson in full-on, just run around like a headless chicken and just go crazy mode. And, we, you know, you could wind up with a 30s. I mean, look at the Seattle-Atlanta game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, you can see a carbon copy of that. Well, you will not you will not see that in the Monday night game though. Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> at the Cincinnati Bengals, which means, and I'm not trying to freak anyone out, prime time Andy Dalton. Oh, <laughs> you're not afraid you ought to be. <laughs> Joe Mixon finally this past week. Granted, it was against Cleveland, but he's showed a glimpse of what we kind of figured we might be able to see from Joe Mixon this year if the Bengals would just give him the flipping football. Can he repeat this week against Pittsburgh, who just gave up 120-something total yards to Jamal Williams? Yeah, I think he can. I'm actually encouraged by Jamal Williams' performance last week. And, and of course, Mixon finally gained the volume that he should have been getting you know, maybe from week three, I get it. You got the incumbent starters and you got to give them some ceremonial starts and all this stuff before you bring in the new stud. But um, it's good to see 23 carries. I think he had three receptions last week. And that's kind of what the recipe is going to be for success if he's going to have success against this pretty tough Pittsburgh uh, rush defense here. So Jamal Williams laid out the blueprint last week. Um, You know, I think uh, with – Gosh, I hate Dalton in primetime. I just do. I would love to to think that their pass offense is a little bit scarier than Brent Hundley and the weapons they have in Green Bay, but I can't say it is given how bad Dalton is in primetime. I just can't. So uh, I do like mixing a lot this week, but that's that's about the only bangle I'm really confident in this week. Yeah, how much does they? How much does? Primetime Andy Dalton freaks you out where A.J. Green is concerned because, you know, normally that's a no-brainer starter. But a must-win must week for some people, and I don't know, man, primetime Andy Dalton, so he's just horrible at night. I don't know if he's well, afraid of the dark or what. He might be, man. I'll put it this way. It's, um, 
it's a scary thought not starting AJ Green when it when it matters the most. And it's a scary thought starting AJ Green in this game when it matters the most. If you own them, you're starting them. You're hoping for the best. Let's hope primetime AJ Green um, can be like a normal primetime player and, and overcome the Andy Dalton this. We do know this. Green's going to get everything that can come to you know any receiver for Cincinnati. I mean. The matchup isn't great. We mentioned the primetime thing a number of times, but he's a target monster. I think he's got like 91 on the year. He's got 24 targets over the past three weeks. So um, it stinks that this is happening in primetime. But A.J. Green, get him in your lineup, I guess, and just roll with it, and let's hope for the best. Yeah, as weird as it sounds to say this, I'm kind of sad that Joe Hayden is hurt for Pittsburgh for A.J. Green's fantasy prospects because when he was in Cleveland, at least, A.J. Green would just – habitually abuse Joe Hayden every time the Browns is available to play. So I, I, I mean, you have, I, how can you sit AJ Green? I'm, I'm in a league. You can't. I think I've wrapped up. I think I've wrapped up a playoff spot, but I'm fighting this week for a division title first round by, and I've got green in that league. I can't sit him. I just can't, but I'm not, I don't feel great about it. I, I, I've already fully, come to grips with the fact that I'm going to look at the stat line toward the end of the game and it's going to be nine targets, four of which are over his head, four catches for 46 (laughs) yards or something like that. And I'm going to be screaming at the television about how much I hate primetime Andy Dalton because he's, oh my God, how can you be that bad at night? What is the deal with that? It's just weird. That does it for week 13 and the fantasy regular season in a great many leagues. As always, sir, I appreciate you joining me. Yeah, it's always a pleasure, Gary. And we will be back next week to start talking about in the immortal words of Jim Mora, playoffs. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.